Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from 1 John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is that that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. A Gospel reading from the 15th chapter of John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in his name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, on this wonderful, beautiful, blessed day that the Lord has given to us. We hear these stories from, from John and from 1 John, and we hear, especially in John's gospel, that this story actually begins a few chapters earlier. Chapter 13. You see, in chapter 13, the 12 disciples are all gathered around Jesus. They're preparing for the Passover. You know, later on, this will be remembered as the Last Supper. But they're all gathered around Jesus. You just imagine that. They're just all gathered around Jesus, the leader, the master, the king coming into town. But that's not how Jesus treats them. In fact, in this evening, Jesus is going to get down on his knees with a water basin and wash the disciples' feet. Why does he do that? Well, this is what Jesus says. I've loved you. So he invites them to abide in his love, abide in my love. I've set you an example that you also should do as I've done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. But if you do these things, you are blessed. If you know these things, 
you are blessed if you do them. Now the night continues. Now a year might be jumping ahead to some of the details that might be happening that night, but you know they share the bread and they're passing the bread around, and you know it, there's one moment even where Jesus says something, you know, something to the effect of, "Yeah, one of you is going to be, you know, one of you will betray me," um, and then sneakily John fits this in and says, "And so taking that piece of bread, Judas went out immediately, dun dun dun, and it was night." But then we move right along, okay? And so then, then what happens? is these four chapters where it's known as the farewell discourse. Jesus opens up about all of these important things. He says some powerful, memorable scripture like this one. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. I don't call you servants any longer because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. In, in chapter 14, even Jesus talks about going to prepare a dwelling, a dwelling in heaven for them. And he also promises them the Holy Spirit. He says that an advocate will come to walk besides them in their times of trouble. There's that familiar, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I've loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you are Christians by your love. You know that one. That's all part of this farewell discourse. Some life-changing words are shared that night. These powerful expressions of love and sacrifice, invitation to dwell in Christ's love. But who isn't there to hear it? You remember Judas? He's gone. He left. Now we know how the story ends. Judas will, as predicted, betray Jesus. Peter might have actually been willing to lay down his life for his friend. He even draws his sword and strikes off the ear of Malchus, only for Jesus to rebuke him and say, put that away. Kind of sets off a bad night for, for Peter, doesn't it? Jesus says, no, not, not like this. Jesus is going to be the one to lay down his life for his friends, for us. The question that you might be asking yourself is why? It's because Jesus loves you. Like all of you and you and me. Every piece of you. Even the part of you that you're ashamed about. It's parts of you that you kind of hide way down deep that you don't want the rest of the world to know about you. The part of you that you think isn't good enough for Jesus to love you. The part of you that is worried that, worried that you're not worthy to be loved. Jesus loves that part and was willing to die to give his life for you and me. We are Jesus' friends. Life and death and sacrificial love being part of the body of Christ, is, it's about entering into this commandment that he tells us about to love one another. How we are interconnected with the saints who've gone before us and the saints who are to come. 
that we are united with Peter, but, but also Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, but also the loved ones who aren't with us today. So especially on Mother's Day, maybe your mind has drifted to a mother or a grandmother or a mother figure in your life who's not with us anymore, someone who's touched your life, who's helped make you who you are. Remembering the dead might feel like an odd thing to do on Mother's Day, but I'd argue it's one of the most special ways that we can remember the loved ones who've gone before us and remember that death is not the final answer. We will never lose the memory or the influence of those female figures who've gone before us. They are permanently part of our identity. And one way that we do that is in the front of our church, there's something called a columbarium in the midst of this beautiful prayer garden. Now, this columbarium is where we can place ashes after someone dies as a final resting place, a place that we can go and visit and remember. And there's good news. This summer, we're adding a second columbarium. It's going to be installed right next to the first one. And so that process to install the first columbarium was not easy. I've gotten to hear some stories about the, about the process that it took to get to that point. It required a lot of determination and vision. It meant a lot of fundraising, a lot of flower sales on Mother's Day. Many of those original leaders are no longer with us. Their earthly home is actually now in that columbarium as that's where their ashes have been laid to rest. Sue Gort remains from that original group. And she had a dream that our church could have this columbarium. And she's helped lead the charge to say, it's time. There's money in the bank. It's time. It's, we're ready to go forward and build the second columbarium. And so she's going to tell you a little bit about that story. Good morning. I am Sue Gort. I am here representing the Memorial Prayer Garden Committee to share some really exciting news about our Memorial Prayer Garden. The decision has been made that we will be enlarging the prayer garden to include a second columbarium. The first columbarium, we call it columbarium A, was dedicated in 2008. And 13 years ago, here we are, ready to move on to the next chapter for the prayer garden to include, we'll call it columbarium B. Um, the construction is set for late summer, early fall. It will be basically a twin of the columbarium that's there. It will be constructed by the same company. Um, and there will be one of the columbariums on each side of the structure that holds the bell. So it will be ex exciting to see this happening. Um, each columbarium provides 112 niches. It's two-sided, so it gives us 56 on the garden side and 56 niches on the church side. A niche is a structure 
that holds ashes of a loved one. You can buy it as a double for a couple or you can buy it as a single. It includes the urns, it includes engraving, it, um, it includes, there, there will be no extra charges, there's no maintenance fee, there's no anything, it comes with, with care forever. So we provide, we view ourselves as the old country church that almost always had a cemetery next to them. So it was there for their people. So we're the in-town, we're the modern arrangement of that. So we are providing a place for the souls of our congregation, their loved ones. Where has God been at work throughout all of this? God has been at work. That's why we suggest that you come to the prayer garden and take a walk. Walk through the prayer garden. It was designed to be a place of peace, absolute peace. You will feel it when you walk through. There are benches for seating, and you will feel God everywhere. He is everywhere in that garden. And this translates to everyone who is involved in the prayer garden. If God is there, God is there. And so we suggest you come, come for a walk and then you can see what's happening with, with the construction. It is exciting. It's like a whole new chapter of our prayer garden. If you need more information, my number is on the website or call church. Church knows they can answer any of your questions. And I want to thank all of you who supported all those 13 years. That's been, been huge to know that there's support from people knowing that they care. And the one group that we would love to send a special thank you to is the landscaping, the volunteer landscaping group here at Faith, because they have taken such wonderful care of our garden and they also do the landscaping around the building, around the church building. So we say thank you to them and landscaping group, you are indeed a blessing. Yeah, thank you, Sue. What a blessing she is and, and that entire committee, wonderful work that they have done. I love how grateful she is for how the grounds have been maintained. This prayer garden is, it's, it's a sanctuary. It's, it's where we can gather. And so it is holy ground. I invite you to walk through there anytime. But now be careful because there is the roped off part where we've actually seen the second uh, foundation has been dug up. So be careful. But other than that, you're invited to walk through there anytime. The fountain will be up and running soon as our weather has uh, started to, to get beautiful again. It's a blessing for us as a church to be able to have this, to care for each other, and to know that all of the sacrifices that have gone in to be able to put this together. But as a church, this is what we're all about, that we are about taking care of each other, taking care of our neighbors, just being able to look out for one another. I think about these stories that we heard today, how Judas missed out on a very, very important message on that night in which he betrayed Jesus. He didn't hear that Jesus loved him. 
He didn't get to hear that directly. Sometimes, perhaps, we miss that message too. Maybe we're wired to believe that we didn't earn that love, that we have to strive for it. We have to keep doing and doing and doing to make sure that God loves us. So my final reminder is this. You are someone that Jesus loves. As Jesus reminds his disciples and us that our place is with him and it's the result of Jesus' actions and not ours, how strong will that make our relationship with Christ when we remember that ultimately that gift is God's greatest gift, and that's God's grace. So what do we do with that grace? Jesus makes it pretty plain. Love one another with our words, with our actions, how we serve the world, but also here in our hearts where God abides and Jesus loves us. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.